Take your Bibles tonight and turn with me to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 14. How many of you know and have prayed for people that would fit that song? Let me see your hands. If you've done any witnessing at all, uh, you have encountered people that were almost persuaded. And um, boy, it's always, it's always tough to walk away from those situations. But you just you realize that whether or not a person trusts Christ as Savior is not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to always give out the gospel and do so faithfully, do so prayerfully, do so powerfully because you have the power of God on you because you're right with God. But uh, as, far as, uh, as far as that responsibility, that, that falls on the shoulders of those that decide whether or not to trust Christ as Savior. And it's always, always tough and difficult. All right, Mark chapter 14. Let's all stand together, if you would, with me. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you. Mark chapter 14 and verses 3 through 9 says, And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a, a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye, will, ye may do them good. But me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She is, she is come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of her for a memorial of her. Let's bow for prayer. Father, as we come to you this, this evening, as we come to your book, we ask, Lord, that you might open our hearts and prepare our hearts. Help us, Lord, to have understanding tonight and to, to uh, glean some wisdom from this passage of Scripture. Uh, Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight and uh, help us to, to uh, take a look not only at Mary and what she did when she anointed the Lord with this uh, so, so precious and expensive ointment, but Father, help us to look and see if we're doing all that we can for you. We just ask, Father, that you would have your will and your way in this service tonight. God, fill me with your spirit. I, I need you for, for preaching the gospel. I need you for preaching this message right now. Lord, without you, I can do absolutely nothing. And so, Lord, we pray that you get the honor and you get the glory through all that's said and done. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This Mary that spoke, uh, this person that's spoken of here, of course, she's not, she's not identified by name. And uh, in, the, in the book of Mark and in the book of Matthew, where, where uh, this incident is, is given, her name is omitted. But in the book of John, it tells us who it is. 
and that it's Mary. And notice, notice where this particular incident is, is placed. If you look in, in verses uh, 1 and 2, it says, After two days uh, was the feast of the, of the Passover of unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the, the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, Not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. So the chief priests and the scribes were, were plotting his death. Then you go down to verses 10 and 11, and it says, And Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went unto the chief priests to betray him unto them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought how he might conveniently betray him. And so you've got the chief priest plotting his death in the first two verses, and then in 10 and 11, you've got Judas setting up his betrayal. Uh, Mary's love for Christ and the expression of that love is right in the middle of, of some severe hatred and, and uh, a strife, uh, having a desire to do away with the very Son of God. And it really, it, it, you know, if you think about it, it sounds a lot like today. If you let folks know that you love the Lord by your actions, by your words, by your deeds, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're doing this in an, in an atmosphere where overall people are not, are, are not favorable to the Lord. But it's possible to be done, and she did it. She did it uh, just as, as one person. Her, her act was to be a memorial. Uh, to, to the entire world, wherever the gospel was to be preached. And, and uh, all of the disciples had the opportunity, because all those that were, were in the room and had stuck by, uh, were able to, to watch and to, to see this, this unfolding of devotion and this unfolding of love. Mary is, is, is uh, mentioned basically three times in Scripture. And it's, it's interesting to note that every time she's mentioned, she's always at the feet of Jesus. She's always sitting there at his feet in a submissive, uh, in a submissive position, but with a heart that wants to learn and wants to, wants to glean a blessing from her Savior. And, uh, if, if, uh, and you can look at these later, but in Luke 10, 38 through 42, um, she's listening to the word and she's doing so at his feet. And she got criticism because of Martha. Martha came out and said, you know, she needs to be helping me. And the Lord straightened her out on that. John eleven twenty eight through 32, uh, in, in, she's at his feet in sorrow because Lazarus had died. And then the last time is, is John 12, 1 through 8, and that's the same as this, this situation where she's anointing him. And, and again, she got criticism because she didn't, she didn't give to the poor. Uh, all three times, she was terribly misunderstood, but you know what? That didn't stop her. Uh, she didn't care. She loved her Savior, and she let him know it. Uh, the, the ointment that she used to anoint him was called spikenard, and it was imported from India. A whole jar of it would equal... A, uh, a common man's annual salary. Uh, and, and it's only used in, uh, in two different places in the scriptures. It's used in the Song of Solomon, which talks about uh, Christ and his love for the church 
and that's what it's a picture of. And, uh, and then it's also used in the Gospels. And every time it's used, it shows love, and it shows devotion, and it also, it also exhibits some sacrifice. When she did this act, and she anointed the Lord Jesus, three, three things happened. Three things happened. Number one, she changed the whole atmosphere of the room. Um, John chapter 12 and verse 3 says of this situation, of this, of this story, the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Uh, the, the, whole, the whole atmosphere changed because of this one person. Keep your, keep your finger here and go with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Apostle Paul is talking about the blessing that the Philippian church uh, was to him and his ministry and how they sacrificed and how that they, they uh, ex expressed their love to him and encouragement to him and for him. And uh, if you look in Philippians 4, look down in verse 18. It says, But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, and that's talking about an offering, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. The, 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 the best thing about sacrifice when we do it, and we do it for the right purpose and we do it the right way, is that it's, it's not so that others can see it, but it's so that it can be well-pleasing and honoring to God. And, and this is a form of worship. And one of the things that worship involves is sacrifice and involves sacrifice and it's a sacrifice that is a a sweet smell and it's pleasing to god she counted it a privilege to spend all that money on one person she spent all of that money on on her savior and you know i, I don't find and i'm sure she didn't complain she didn't bring attention to it uh, she didn't say do you realize how much this costs me she looked, she looked at it as a privilege and an opportunity just to show how much she cared for him. Uh, she did it all by herself. Uh, you know, nobody prompted her and nobody joined her. It was just her and her alone. And she was willing to make that sacrifice because she, she so appreciated her Savior. You know, it, it's... It, and we touched on this this morning, it's good to love people, and it's right to love people and to care for others. But over and above that, it's even better to first and foremost love the Savior. And in fact, in order to love folks well, you have to love the Savior well. And, and my guess is, and there's not a lot that's said in the scriptures uh, about Mary other than those three incidents that I gave you earlier, but, um, but the truth is, I'll bet you Mary was a blessing to everybody she came across. And the reason why I say that, and I say that with real confidence, is because she was a blessing first and foremost to the Savior. She had, she had that, that foundation of that love for God, and that foundation allowed her to love others the way that she, that she should. Um, what she did blessed the Lord Jesus. It blessed her, 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 herself. It was a blessing to her. Uh, it was a blessing to the whole house because, again, 
it changed the whole atmosphere. And I find this interesting because you've got one person walking into the room and because of what one person did, the atmosphere changed. You know, they, there, was a, there was a sweet smell, a, sweet, a literal sweet smell, a literal sweet savor because of the ointment that was used. And you know, it just, it just shows you what a difference one person can make. Uh, one of the things that, that uh, I so appreciated this week was that overall there was such a good atmosphere in Vacation Bible School. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, the kids are always going to be excited, but it's important for those that are working to have the right attitude and have the right, right uh, approach and to be right with God themselves. And, and all of that took place. Uh, understand, you all by yourself can make a difference. You can make a difference in your home. You can make a difference in the workplace. You can make a difference in this church. Um, you know, just by your, just by your singing, just by your smile, um, just by your, your friendliness. I have had more visitors this last, probably last three or four months, uh, come up to me and, and tell me that they said, boy, I'll tell you, you have such a friendly church. Now, you know what that does? And, and we all have to do it. I mean, it's not just one person's job, but if all of us will take it on as our responsibility, then it'll get done. And uh, uh, what, what I found is when you, have, when you have the right atmosphere in a church, in a home, at work, whatever, uh, the Lord can be glorified in a, in a greater way than if you don't have the right atmosphere. And you can change that atmosphere yourself. By the way, it can go the other way too. <laughs> I've seen one person change a whole atmosphere. You know, people have got smiles on their faces, they're happy in the Lord, and then a gloomy gust comes into the room, you know, and, uh, and that, that changes it too. Uh, I don't want to be the person who changes it to the negative. Do you? I, I hope you don't. Uh, I want to be the one who changes it to the positive. So she changed the whole atmosphere. Another thing that her action caused was criticism. And uh, yeah, she did something positive, and as a result, something negative took place, and that was criticism. Um, and the criticism that was given, some of the things that were said, were absolutely correct. Um, you know, it was pointed out, Judas pointed out that, uh, you know, all of that money could have been given to the poor. And it's, it's true. It, it could have been given to the poor and the poor could have been helped. But, uh, but, but there was something that was more necessary to be done than to give it to the poor. And that was, was at that time to give it to the Savior. And uh, uh, so she did. And she did what she knew that the Lord wanted her to do. That tells me that Mary had some discernment. You know, Mary was not an uncaring person. Again, I don't, I don't have any uh, specific actions necessarily in Scripture that indicate this. But, I, I, you know, I, I, am, I am sure that she was the kind when she saw somebody who had a need, she saw somebody that needed to be helped, she saw somebody that needed to be encouraged, I am positive that she was one of the ones that would do that. And the reason why, again, is because she loved the Savior at such a high level. And she had such a foundation of love toward him so that she was prepared 
to be to be a blessing and a help to other people. In uh, Philippians chapter one and verse ten, it says that you may approve things that are excellent. Um, you know, there's a difference between doing that which is good and doing that which is excellent. Doing good would have been to give the money to the poor. Doing excellent at that particular juncture in time would be to, to, to give it to the Lord and to anoint him and express and show her love for him. And that's exactly what she did. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 27 says, a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. She had some understanding. She, she knew what was most necessary. And uh, so she did that which was most necessary, regardless of the criticism. Now, you look at, at the criticism, particularly the, the main, the chief critic that was brought out in Scripture, and that was Judas. And what was, what was behind the, 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 the criticism? Well, Judas was a thief. Judas was a thief. And uh, you know what, 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 what I find with people that are critics, and that was the case here, he wanted to have his way. He thought it should be done another way. And so his criticism expressed his desire for control. Oftentimes critics, people that are quick to criticize, are also ones that, that believe that they ought to, to have the control. And notice what he accused her of. He accused her of wasting that ointment on Jesus. Now, it wasn't a waste at all on the Lord Jesus because it honored and glorified him. But understand what he was doing with his life. He, he flushed his entire life down the toilet. He betrayed the Lord. That's what he's known for. My, my mother-in-law's name was Mary Woodward. Mary. That was this lady's name. Uh, there's a lot of girls, little girls, that have been named Mary. Give me a little boy who's been named Judas. Now, there probably are some, because there's some really twisted people out there today. But uh, uh, the truth of the matter is, is that you don't hear a whole lot of Judases, but you hear a whole lot of Marys. Why is that? Well, because she did that which was right, and she did that which was good. Uh, she did not waste her life, and she did not waste that money. Uh, she used it for the glory of God. And, and uh, Judas, the one who was the chief critic, was the one who, who really wasted his life. And then the, the third thing that you find that, that this act caused was uh, it caused the commendation of the Lord. Uh, the Lord commended her and praised her. And, and, and there, were, there were four things that, uh, four responses that he had uh, to Mary. First response was, he said, he said, let her alone. Let her alone. Uh, she's, she's, she's doing right. She's doing good. Uh, she's trying to please me. Let her alone. And uh, if, if someone is serving Christ, now they might be stumbling and you might, might be able to help them. You might be able to help them improve a little bit. But if they're trying to do something for God, leave them be. <laughs> Don't be a critic. Uh, let them alone and let them do the job that God has laid on, on their heart. Oftentimes, and I, I read a book years ago called In the King's Service. 
in the king's business, in the king's service, something like that. And it was written by a um, missionary who's long since gone home to be with the Lord. His name was Damon Woods. And Damon Woods, in that book, chronicled, uh, he, he, went, he was a missionary to the Philippines, did a, did a tremendous work while he was over there. And, uh, but in the book, the one thing, and I read it years and years ago, and I don't remember a lot of particulars about it, but I remember one overpowering thought that, that I got from the book, and that was, it's one of the biggest problems he had serving God over in the Philippines were not Filipinos. The biggest resistance he got was from other missionaries. And that ought not to be. The, if you want to serve God in this church, uh, you should get help from people in this church. You should not get resistance from people in this church. And yet oftentimes, it's the critics that are, the, that are sitting back and aren't doing as much as the person that they are criticizing. And that, of course, that was the case here. Um, the, uh, you know, how would you like to be known as the person who discouraged someone from doing something for God? I don't, I don't want that, uh, you know, I don't want that nameplate. I don't want that, that reputation. I want to be known as someone who encouraged somebody to do something for God. And then uh, the, the second thing, he said, not only let her alone, but he said, why trouble ye her? And, and understand, you know, when, when he said, why trouble ye her? He's saying that, listen, these comments that you're making are bothering her. And they're hurting her. And they're going down. Now, there's, there's nothing in the scripture that says that she responded or retorted or anything like that. I, I don't believe that she did. And yet, you know as well as I do, when those kind of things come your way, they go down, they go down deep sometimes. And that was the case with, with Mary. Uh, she was troubled. Uh, criticism bothers people that are trying to do right. It, you know, and you say, well, it shouldn't. They should just be doing it for the Lord, and it shouldn't bother them. I'll remember that the next time you get bothered from criticism, okay? And the truth of the matter is, I, it, it affects me the same way. Uh, don't, don't be a criticizer. Be an encourager. And, uh, I, you know, I'd I, again, I'd like to be known as the one that helped, not that hindered. And then the, the third thing that he said is, he said, she hath wrought a good work on me. You know, over and above everything else, when she did that, there was one person that had no complaints. <laughs> There's one person that had no gripes. She might not have even done it in the best possible way or method. We don't know. But the Lord Jesus was pleased. And that's the bottom line. That's really what, you, what you ought to be your aim and ought to be your goal. Over and above everything else is to please the Lord. And it says that she hath wrought a good work on me. That was, that was him saying, basically, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, he approved. And uh, uh, again, uh, you know, he was, because he was pleased she knew that she had done that which is right and that which is good then the last thing that he said is she hath she hath done what she could i i love that saying she hath done what she could this is one of the greatest statements that god could make of us um, i think of i think of two statements when we see the lord face to face I, I, you know, honestly, I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful 
servant. The second thing I want to have said is that he hath done what he could. Now, you know why that's so important? Because that, that, that shows us what ought to be the measure of our service. The Bible says in, in Corinthians, Paul made mention of this to the Corinthian church. He said, he said uh, comparing themselves among themselves, they were not wise. You don't, you don't serve the Lord and then compare your service with somebody else's service. Um, I, I, I remember uh, years ago, I had the opportunity to preach in a Bible conference. And uh, there, were, there, were, there was a preacher that preceded me, and there was a preacher who uh, was right after me, and it was, it was during the morning sessions. The, the preacher that preceded me at that time was the pastor of this church. It was Charlie Perkins. It was over in, in Rochester, and uh, he was the first preacher. And then the, the, the preacher after me was Dr. Peter Ruckman. And I'm saying, what in the world am I doing in this conference? You know, what am I doing? And you know, what, you know what I realized? I realized I'm not supposed to preach like Brother Perkins. And I'm not supposed to preach like, like Brother Ruckman. I'm supposed to do what I can, trust God for it, make sure I'm filled with the Spirit, sit down and shut up get the job done, do the very best that you possibly can. And that's the, that's the measure. The measure is, are we doing what we can? Not are we doing what somebody else does. You know, the, the, the parable of, the, of the, the, the talents, the Lord with the talents. And he gave a different amount of talents to each, each person before he left. He didn't expect the one with less to do the same thing that he gave, uh, had the same production of the, the, the ones that he uh, gave the most to. Uh, and, and, and right on down the line, he didn't expect them to compare their performance with each other. He just expected them to do the best that they could with what they had. And all of us have been given different talents. We've been given different abilities. We've get, been been given different resources. What God requires is for you to do what you can. Uh, he requires you to, to, uh, uh, to do the very best with what he's equipped you with. And again, he's equipped us all different, but we just simply need to do what we can. Now, now the, the question is this, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, are you doing what you can? Uh, you know, because we're not supposed to compare ourselves among ourselves, has nothing to do with what somebody else does. It has nothing to do with what somebody else has. and only simply has to do with what we have. And we, we are responsible for doing the very best with what we've got. Uh, do what you can. Each of us has different circumstances. You know, she could have done less, but if you think about it, she couldn't have done any more because of what he said. He said, she hath done what she could. In other words, she fulfilled her purpose. She did exactly what the Lord wanted her to do. And because she did exactly what the Lord wanted her to do, she pleased the Lord. You know, she, she, you hear things like this. You, you hear things like, well, that's all that I will do. 
Well, if, if you're only doing what you want to do, then you may not be doing all that you can do. Um, you, you hear this as well. And, and, and all this is really is comparing themselves among themselves. Um, uh, you hear people say, well, that's, that's more than, what I do is more than what most people do. Okay, but is it all that you can do? Is it all you can do? She knew what would please the Lord Jesus. And she did it. And she pleased him. And that was what counted. That's what was important. Know what you can do. Know what you can't do. And know what you should do. And then just simply be obedient to God. Do what you can. And do the very best job with what God has given you that you can do. Um, there, there are some things. There are some things that, that you can do. There are some things that I can do. Number one, if you're here tonight and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not absolutely positive that if you were to die today that, you could, that you'd go to heaven. The number one thing at the top of your list ought to be to trust Christ. We sang the song earlier, Almost Persuaded. Don't be almost persuaded, because almost persuaded means lost. Um, the scripture says that uh, he that believeth is not condemned, John chapter 3. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. You say, well, at a more convenient time or in a more convenient day, or maybe in, 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 in another situation or in another circumstance. What you need to understand is, if that's what you're saying, then right now, at this moment, you are saying, I reject Jesus Christ. We either reject him or we accept him as Savior. And if you're not saved, one thing that you can do is you can get saved. You can trust him as Savior tonight. The second thing that you, you can do once, once a person gets saved is you can stand for God and you can stand for right. Uh, you, can, you can read your Bible, you can pray, you can witness, you can give, you can do those things that, that uh, God would have you to do. You know, do, do something, do something that will upset the devil, <laughs> you know? Uh, do something that uh, will please God and put a smile on his face and will upset the devil and make him angry. Uh, you know, if you, if, you, if you approach life that way, um, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be approaching it properly and you'll be taking a stand for God and you'll be doing that which is right. Look for somebody to encourage. That's something you can do. Uh, you can encourage somebody tonight. Maybe there's somebody that's, that's uh, struggling with something. Well, don't look to, you know, don't, don't just pass them by. Uh, plan on stopping, talking to them, being an encouragement to them, being a help to them. Uh, if you know somebody that you can witness to, that you've not previously taken the opportunity to witness to, be a witness to them. Uh, do something to encourage. It, you know, it, it, again, and this goes back to the criticism thing, it takes no character to be a critic. Any, any fool can be a critic. But instead of being a critic, decide to do something that will be an encouragement and a help to folks. Another thing you can do is help someone else prepare for the fight ahead. Um, 
what she was doing, what Mary was doing, was she was preparing him to go to the cross. And that was, that was the purpose of her anointing, was to prepare him. Now you look back in the Old Testament, and before Joshua took over Israel as leader, uh, Moses prepared him to do what he was supposed to do. And, and he took Israel into the promised land. Uh, David... Uh, David sinned against uh, sinned with Bathsheba, and then also uh, basically commandeered the death of her husband. Because of that, uh, there were there was blood on his hands, and, and also he was a man of war. And uh, uh, so, when he had a desire to 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 build the temple for God. He, he told Nathan the prophet, Nathan told him, go ahead and do it. And then God got Nathan off to the side and after that and said, no, 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 no. He's not supposed to, to be building the temple. His son will build the temple. He's got bloody hands. His son doesn't. So you know what David did? You say, well, he, he couldn't build the temple. So that's it. He just shouldn't do it. No, 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 no. You know what he did? He prepared all the materials so that his son would have the materials at hand and could, as soon as he possibly could, begin the, the building of the temple. Uh, do what you can. Prepare somebody else to, uh, to, to uh, continue the work and to, to do something that's pleasing unto God. Uh, you know, we heard uh, tonight one of the testimonies was, uh, I praise God for the young people. Well, it's good to have young people, but young people have to be trained. And young people have to have examples, and young people have to be encouraged. And, you know, one of the things that, that I so appreciate, and I've had this opportunity to see this over the years, I've watched, and we were talking, and we were just talking to some folks this morning, and uh, when, when I came to this church, some of you were two years old. <laughs> and now you're full-grown adults, and you got your own family. Some of, you, some of you were seven or eight, and now you're full-grown adults and serving the Lord that way. Um, somebody, and, I don't, and I'm not saying it was me, I'm just saying some adult in this church had an influence, maybe many adults in this church had an influence on those young people at the time that are full-grown adults today serving God. And I, I see a whole bunch of you out there. Praise the Lord. But there's another generation that's coming up. And let's be an encouragement. And let's be a, a blessing and, and help them prepare. And then another thing we can do. One thing you can do, regardless of your, regardless of your talent, regardless of your ability, uh, you can have a servant's heart. You can have a servant's heart. You can help others. You can, you can decide that you're here for others. You're not here for yourself. And you do that through helping others, encouraging others, witnessing to others. Another thing that you can, that, that you can do is not make excuses. Uh, you can just decide to do what God lays upon your heart and, and be obedient to him. And then, then uh, you can, last of all, just decide to love God with all of your heart. And again, as we said this morning, uh, God would not have given that commandment if we couldn't fulfill it. When he said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, 
and then love thy neighbor as thyself. That, you know, you, you, look at that, you look at that commandment and you say, say uh, man, can I do that? Yeah, you can. You can. That's something you can do. And that's what Mary did. Now, the way she expressed it was through anointing Jesus. There's different ways we can express it. But all of us can love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and all our strength. Um, what was said of Mary is something that I would hope that every single one of us would want to have said of us. He or she hath done what they could. Is that true of you? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, may we be honest before you this morning or this evening and uh, just simply look at our lives and ask the question, have I done what I could? Or is there something that I could do, but I've dragged my feet on it? Lord, uh, as you speak to our hearts, help us to have a surrendered heart to you. And, and help the testimony and the memorial of Mary be an encouragement and a blessing to us. Now, when we, when we go do right, we're going to get criticism. We're going we're to have uh, some difficulty. It might be right in the middle of a real tumultuous situation. But Lord, uh, we can always do what we can. We might not be able to do what somebody else can do, but we can always do what we have been equipped to do and been given the talents and the abilities to accomplish for you. Father, work on our hearts tonight, and, and I pray that there would just be a, a, a heart of renewed dedication. It's been a good week this week, and I've, I've watched a lot of people do what they could I watched people do some things this last week that they've never done before. What a blessing that was. But Lord, it shouldn't stop at Vacation Bible School. It should continue and help it to continue and help us just to have that heart that Lord, number one, I love you. Number two, I wanna please you. And number three, I wanna make sure, Lord, that I'm doing what I can for you. Bless this invitation. Maybe, Lord, there'll just be some folks that'll just come uh, this evening and just make that, make that dedicatory statement to you that they have a desire to do what they can for their Savior, because you've done so much for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all